Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. ADIO. This hour of the G&J Show is presented by Regions Bank. Now, back to the Giannato and Jeffrey Show. Live from the Red River Toyota Studios. Check out Red River Toyota in Wynn, Arkansas. G&J on 92.9 FM ESPN. Coming up next segment, Jason Smith's going to join the program. We'll get his thoughts on the Grizzlies schedule and the story that we're just about to talk about. Because we're going to talk about it on the list. Let's fire it up. Giannato and Jeffrey keep a list of the stories and people they need to talk about. Being on the list can be a good or bad thing. Listen to find out who made it and why. This is The List. You just made the list. On Giannato and Jeffrey on 92.9 FM ESPN. Malcolm Dandridge? You just made the list. Yeah, John Martin broke the news today that Got into the old student directory, and that Malcolm Dandridge is indeed enrolled at the University of Memphis, which confirms a lot of the anticipation and speculation that Malcolm Dandridge will be returning to the Tigers. Jason Munns had mentioned during his one-on-one with Penny Hardaway down in the Bahamas during during the international trip that when Penny had spoken about Malcolm, there was the... Wink, wink, nod, nod. This is happening. And the reality is, I don't know how this can be viewed as anything other than a good thing. Because while maybe Malcolm's career has not gone as two and done as he once expected, there's no denying that he is a quality basketball player. And in the front court, he can offer you a lot. And to me, I just think that we are really seeing a team that is going to be incredibly experienced. And additionally, like this team feels like it has true depth and true positions. Like at other times in the Penny Hardaway era, for one reason or another, it was like, let's just go get the best collection of guys. But when you start to like really look at the actual depth chart, this team feels like it has too deep at almost every position. And, I really like the way that this team fits together. So now the only other news that we're waiting on is whether or not DeAndre Williams will indeed get his waiver. And I'm of two minds. I don't, it's almost as if the longer it goes, what do you make of it? And on the one hand, in college football in particular, we've seen that the NCAA has been little bit like they've had a little bit of change of course particularly for guys that have applied for a second transfer waiver now obviously with DeAndre this isn't a second transfer waiver the question though that I have is is the NCAA 
kind of in this last-ditch effort trying to show that they do still have power. Something that we didn't talk much about this week, but the Jim Harbaugh, the Jim Harbaugh situation is fascinating to me because on the one hand, the NCAA enforcement staff recommended a four-game suspension. The Committee on Infractions said, no, 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 we're not done yet here. Granted, the clearinghouse and those that will determine eligibility are different from the Committee on Infractions. But I'm curious to see if this is a moment in time in which the NCAA is trying to, you know, flex its muscle and say, we're still here, we still have power. Would that apply to DeAndre? Unclear. Because it's not as if DeAndre is requesting to go back to another school, try to get another transfer. I can kind of understand why the NCAA wants to take a stance on the multi-transfers and whatnot. Like That, to me, makes sense because perhaps they're trying to get some of the transfer portal in order. I can even, to a certain degree, understand why the Harbaugh suspension is perhaps being reconsidered. If you believe that Harbaugh is guilty of more than what they had negotiated, I can kind of understand that. But if indeed this is a point in time in which the NCAA is trying to flex its muscle, you have to wonder what that means. Because we've seen this before. After... Miami, in the early part of the 2000s, largely got away, at least in the NCAA's mind, with the Nevin Shapiro ordeal. When Miami got away with that and then North Carolina, essentially beating the NCAA, Auburn beating the NCAA, there was a point in time in which the NCAA decided we're going to flex our muscle. And they got very, very, very invigorated. Is this one of those moments? If it is, I feel less good. With that being said, I still think the rules of the NCAA somewhat apply here in the sense that when trying to predict what the NCAA is going to do, previous precedent does not matter. It almost feels like, it, for better or worse, like don't don't assume because they did X, Y, and Z in one case that that means they're going to apply it to another. They don't seem to operate that way. I also have to wonder if, indeed, the NCAA is going to start poking its chest out and trying to exert its power. Does that expedite? The breaking of the uh, breaking away of the power football conferences and saying, "Listen, that's fine. You, we don't need you anymore." And does that expedite it? But as it specifically pertains to Memphis, one thing that I thought was interesting with the Malcolm Dandridge news today, Trilly Donovan, the popular basketball account, had mentioned that this is one of the 
stranger recruitments that he's seen with Malcolm Dandridge. And that's largely in reference to the amount of schools that Malcolm was rumored to be interested in. At first, and I believe St. Louis kind of thought they had a deal ready to go for Malcolm and that Malcolm would be at St. Louis. That didn't happen. Then you started to see Malcolm with rumors to Michigan, with rumors to West Virginia. There was even a moment in time in which Gonzaga was mentioned. The thing that struck me, though, is I didn't actually think it was that odd of a recruitment for a couple of reasons. Number one, I think Malcolm was entitled to go and explore what was out there. I don't think anyone really debates that. Malcolm made the decision to kind of wait it out and see what was out there. And I think that was a completely prudent and completely reasonable position to take because we've seen at times guys that stay in the portal longer, they have better opportunities late in the process. So why not take the full allotment of time? And particularly with Malcolm being a graduate, he, was, he wasn't going to be forced to have to deal with other calendar restrictions. So to me, that made sense. But then I also started thinking about, it's also kind of a Penny Hardaway recruitment. Think back to James Wiseman. Everyone was thinking at first when Penny got the job, well, Wiseman to Memphis. Duh, duh, duh. Well, then there was this weird time in which maybe it was going to be Kentucky and it started looking like it was Kentucky, and then everyone's saying, like, what the heck's going on here? Was there some type of rift? And then all of a sudden, boom, it's Memphis, no doubt. And the great scene and celebration that that was. Musa Cisse's recruitment was kind of similar, in which when Musa moved here, the expectation was, oh, well, he's just going to Memphis. Well, then he started... Also, again, hearing Kentucky, and then he started hearing not a lot of positive momentum for Musa and Memphis. I think this recruitment was somewhat similar, in which I had mentioned on the show previously, until I see one of Penny's former players from East High School playing in another uniform, that's when I'll choose to believe it. To me, this is no different, and I just view this as nothing but a positive. It adds even more front court depth, and one thing that I'd really like to see for Malcolm, I would love to see a year in which Malcolm is just healthy and gets to go out and play his best. Because we saw last year, the knee bothered him at times, but when the knee was pretty solid, Malcolm really gave a lot to the Tigers. So overall, I don't know how you can view this as anything other than a positive. Traylon Burks. You just made the list. Yeah, we got some good news after a scary scene yesterday for the Titans in their joint practice with the Vikings. The Titans, uh, according to ESPN, Tennessee Titans wide receiver Traylon Burks sustained an LCL sprain during Wednesday's joint practice with the Vikings. 
according to results of his MRI, a source confirmed to ESPN. The injury is likely to sideline Burks for multiple weeks, and the Titans open their season against the Saints on September the 10th. The play in question? On the play in question, Burks got open in the secondary, caught a deep pass from quarterback Ryan Tannehill during the team period. After making the catch, Burks' forward momentum caused him to stumble before losing his balance and somersaulting into the end zone. He got up and spiked the ball in frustration. The trainers helped him off the field. They had Burks lie on the ground as they looked at his left leg before carting him off. Teammates DeAndre Hopkins and Derrick Henry, along with general manager Rand Carthen, consoled Burks as he was being placed on the cart. So when you saw the video and everything of the scene yesterday, not a good scene. Because anytime you have a player that gets carted off the field, there's always the question of how bad is this? I feel like it's always worse, though, when you have two team leaders coming and consoling the young man because then you start to fear the worst. Is the season ending? Is this yet again just another tough break for Burks, whose career feels like hasn't been able to get on track yet because of injuries? Overall, to me, this feels like bullet dodged if you're a Titans fan because it seems to me like this could have been much, much worse you were probably fearful of season ending of a season ending injury and instead LCL sprain will miss several weeks unclear of a return date but you know that he's not missing the season and overall that feels like best case scenario from what could have been yesterday Peyton Thorne you just made the list Auburn has made a decision on their starting quarterback from ESPN's Chris Lowe, Peyton Thorne has won the Auburn starting quarterback job. Sources confirmed to ESPN. I know who that source would be. Thorne, a transfer from Michigan State, beat out Robbie Ashford and will start for the Tigers on their September 2nd opener against UMass. Coach Hugh Freeze has talked to the quarterbacks to inform them of the decision as expected to make an official announcement later today. Thorne was a two-year starter for the Spartans. And sources told ESPN that his leadership and efficiency throwing the ball were big factors in his winning the job at Auburn after arriving in June. Ashford, who transferred from Oregon following the 21 season, they did an Auburn swap. Bo went to Oregon. Bo Nix went to Oregon. Ashford went to Auburn. Was Auburn started for most of the season and played in all 12 games. He is a dynamic runner, finished with 710 yards on the ground, seven touchdowns but he passed for just seven touchdowns and threw seven interceptions. I've not run the numbers, but I would like to see when you bring in a former starter as a transfer quarterback, I'd like to see the hit percentage of that guy being the starter because it feels like it's at least 80%. Now, the one example that I can think of right now that might not develop into that situation Spencer Sanders, who had been the longtime starter at Oklahoma State, transferred to Ole Miss, and it looks like right now that Jackson Dart is taking a hold of that job. With that said, Sanders was limited in the spring, and Dart, by all accounts, has had another year in the system and starting to look a little better. But this, to me, felt like the obvious where this was headed because when you've got a new coach and he brings in a transfer quarterback, I imagine that puts the percentage of 
whether or not that guy becomes the starter even higher and higher. But also, breaking news, I'm going to give credit to Hugh Freeze here. One thing that I just cannot stand, when coaches won't name a starting quarterback and everyone kind of knows where it's going, it just blows me away. Because I just think that it's, it's the classic, you think that you're outsmarting your opponent, you're going to make him prepare for whatnot. Everyone has access usually to the same information. You can kind of see where this is headed. So credit to you, Freeze, naming a starter, and that will indeed be Peyton Thorne, who's entering his fifth season of college football and had his best season at Michigan State in 2021, where he threw for 3,240 yards, 27 touchdowns, while leading the Spartans to 11 wins. That was Mel Tucker's first year. Auburn Live on 3.com first reported that Thorne was indeed expected to be the starter. All right, let's get to Jason Smith. Let's get his thoughts on Malcolm's return, as well as the Grizzlies' schedule. Maybe a little Tiger football, too. Let's do that next, right here on Giannotto and Jeffrey. 92.9 FM, ES. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. This hour of the G&J Show is presented by Regions Bank. Now, back to the Giannotto and Jeffrey Show. Live from the Red River Toyota Studios. Check out Red River Toyota in Wynn, Arkansas. G&J on 92.9 FM ESPN. Jason Smith is the co-host of the Jason and John Show weekdays right here on 92.9 FM ESPN from 11 until 2. You can always follow him on Twitter at JasonSmith929. Jason, what is your gut reaction from the Grizzlies schedule release? Uh, gut reaction is John Morant's going to be back for game 26 is my gut reaction. Yeah, that didn't feel like a coincidence, did it? I, I think the NBA certainly intends on job being back. I realize, and, and you've made the point that you know it's it's he'll be eligible to return at that point. And you do you got to meet whatever the criteria the NBA has set forth for you. But I think clearly the NBA expects them to have it ba- to have him back by game twenty six because you're on national television against the Pelicans. I don't think that's a coincidence. And also the the twelve of the thirteen national TV games being after game twenty six. That also doesn't uh, feel like a coincidence point. either. Now, 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 I was uh, pleasantly surprised by the the fact that it wasn't. What what do we go from eighteen to what's the numbers at thirteen, 13 on yeah. TNT and ESPN? That it's not more of a drop off. You're right. You make the best point. Most of those are after Jaws return, but I, I frankly I thought you you drop off maybe seven eight games. And so the fact you're only cutting down five on the big boys, uh, no ABC. That's fine. Um, I suspect you know this is an earn it back year for the Grizzlies in terms of, uh, you know, the great humbling that we saw last year. And I think there's a, you know, there's every uh, a reason to believe with the schedule release that they can do it. You know, I, I went through those first 25 games. That was the other thing I said, you know, going into the schedule release that I'd be interested in is, you know, uh, how are you going to navigate the first 25? What do those look like? And listen, I mean, you know, it's just like if you went through one, I mean, there, there's some tough ones in there. Sure. But, um, 
I don't know. I, I was my, my, I was listening to my partner and, and Drew Hill on our show today say, worst case scenario, Grizz don't make the playoffs. And of course, they were saying, well, injury could come up, those kinds of things. I, 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 to me, worst case scenario is maybe a play in situation, I, I suppose. I don't, my point is, I don't see this team missing the playoffs. Are they, are they up on a two seed this year like they have been the last two? Uh, maybe not. Again, 25 games without John Morant to start a season, especially if you're going to go with Luke Kennard to replace. Uh, to be sort of that number three, you know, we, we gotta we gotta see. But I feel pretty good that the uh, that this is this has worked out probably beneficially for the Grizzlies. I like the fact that you're playing Golden State on MLK Day. That'll be a showcase because of the. I mean, frankly, you know, it always is. But when you can get a marquee opponent on that day, uh, only means more eyes on you, and you'll certainly have you know the the uh, uh, that that San, that San Francisco that Bay contingent. So it'll feel like all eyes are on you. Um, otherwise, yeah, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm happy with what I saw. Yeah, I don't know how you would, I don't know how you would determine. Like, I was, I took a look at like teams that were expected to be playoff teams in those right. first 25, and it's basically that's a good way to look at 12 it, yeah. or 13 of the games. Like, I, to me, like that's that's about, you know, like that's that's pretty manageable. I can get through that. I can get yeah. through that. And I think that you know the 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 key part of that is going to be the fact that you've got you know Marcus Smart. Possibly Derrick Rose to help you there, but Jeff, I mean, yeah, you know, if if you can, uh, I just think it lines up. Like I said, where uh, you get through this thing, I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to think of a, you know, a first 25 game record with what we saw that would be acceptable. But but frankly, if you if you just take the example that we saw out of Miami this year, and uh, and I'm not uh, saying anything like that would happen with the Grizzlies this year, but clearly. As much as I'd love them to just cruise through the first 25, you, you, as long as you get him back and you keep Jaron and, and Bain healthy, there's there's no reason to think that you know you're not going to get where you need to be with those final you know however many games it is. Uh, get where you need to be by the time you know you roll around the playoffs. The most important thing I use the Miami example is that you've got all hands on deck by the time you get there. If you're a four seed, five seed, six seed, three, it really doesn't matter. We've seen that. Hopefully you, you've had enough time uh, to get it right by that point. I think you, you, there's plenty of season after those 25, and there's no reason to think that they won't. Do you care that Jaw's first game that he could return is on the road? Not really. And I don't think the NBA was going to be looking out for you there. And, frankly, it probably takes a little pressure on, off of him. Uh, and, I, you know, again, I don't think the NBA is looking at it that way, whether, hey, this is beneficial to Jaw and the Grizzlies or not. But the fact that it's on the road coming back, yeah, I think it takes a little bit of pressure off him. Coming back, obviously, would have been a – you know that first game here, 26th game. If it was here, it, it it'd be it'd be crazy. There's no question about it. But more importantly, he would probably feel it, be feeling a little bit more pressure to go out there and dunk on everybody. And so the fact that it's on the road, uh, I'm fine. I, I look at that, frankly, as probably a positive because where I'm coming from on on the Grizzlies this season is the same place that I think that I think most of us are coming from, and it's it's less talk and 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 better results on the court. And so. Uh, yeah, doing it on the road, you know, less fanfare. You're not playing on, you know, a little bit less. Again, you're only dropping off five national television games, but not playing on Christmas. I think that can be a good thing again for this team's growth, development, and sort of what Jaron said. We got humbled. Now let's go back out there and work. Do you have any feelings one way or the other about the when Dylan Brooks will actually return to play the Grizzlies? The Grizzlies have already played him twice on the road. I I I, I hope that that goes. Uh, I know what's going to happen. I mean, he, he will be booed, obviously. I mean, he's he's been booed in some of these international games. 
Uh, we saw him get booed last season as a Grizzly. He's going to get booed. But I sure, I, I sure would. I, I, I love envisioning a scene where those boos eventually are sort of overtaken by what should be a healthy level of respect. And I, I, I was one of Dylan's, and uh, I mean, hell, there was there, there were tons of us um, saying this, this isn't it, Dylan. You know, you can't, you can't, you can't do it this way. You can't call out LeBron uh, the way you did, and then at the end of the year, you say you didn't like your role when it was all about fitting in this year. I was, we all were tough on Dylan there at the end, but. Let's keep in mind, too, that there is a real history there. There is no question about it in terms of, you know, Dylan, what he was to this franchise, what he's meant, how we felt about him certainly a few years ago when at one point it looked like him and Ja were going to be the dynamic tandem. I, I say all that to say I hope there's a healthy level of uh, uh, applause, whatever else, just an appreciation for what he contributed over the last few years. That obviously, you know, ended ugly, and I, and, and I get I, – I can understand why Dylan would feel the way he did especially as you drop on the pecking order. But, again, you know, you go get Bain. Jaron continues to rise. This is where that team needed – where the Grizzlies needed him, sort of fourth in the pecking order. Doesn't work for him individually. I get it. But I am appreciative of uh, of the years he spent here. And, again, he was second-team All-NBA defense last year for you. And so, hopefully, those boos uh, get a little bit – get overtaken by at least a healthy amount of uh, of respect and appreciation. I look at it that way. We're talking with Jason Smith of the Jason and John Show here on Giannato and Jeffrey. Right, let's switch gears to the Tigers. Malcolm Dandridge is enrolled. Yeah, he's in the student directory, which is uh, typically you know what you're tying into. And I, I think what's what's a couple of things here. You know, uh, you know DeAndre Williams, who you hope to have this year, uh, is not. And and I've had you know. Uh, and that's key here because again, that would indicate that Malcolm Dandridge has gotten enrolled. This isn't a, a this isn't his old email that's still in the system. Uh, did this again once? You know, we were all on Imani Bates' watch a couple of years ago. Once you pop in that student directory, you get an email. Typically, it means you're enrolled. And so, um, listen, I understand that Malcolm wants to do this his way. It's uh, it's my understanding. In turn, you know, I don't know what whether we're going to get a graphic or what's going to happen, but. It has been the worst kept secret pretty much for the last few weeks that Malcolm Dandridge is like going to be returning to this team. And I, I don't think that, I mean, Penny Hardaway essentially said it, you know, to Jason Munns and Parth, I believe, coming in the Dominican Republic that yeah. they were going to have a talk. When he got back from the Dominican Republic, we realized there's, if I've got it figured right, there's still a scholarship open, set aside what's going to happen with Mikey Williams because of uh, uh, Tia Fale Lenard's departure. And, you know, I, and I've seen it on Twitter. I saw the response to the 92.9 uh, 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 post about John's, you know, report that Malcolm's in the system and saw some saying no and cringe. You know, majority of it's positive. You need Malcolm Dandridge. You need another. You need it. Well, not, not in the sense that Malcolm Dandridge is the final piece or he's a savior, but you could use another big body after losing Lenard and particularly one that's familiar with the system with so many new faces. Key for Malcolm uh, should this go down as we expect, is going to be is going to be staying healthy, and it and it's always been the key. You know, at, at this point, you you just wonder is this going to be him uh, for his career? You know, issues with his knees and everything else, but they need another body. Malcolm knows the system, and again, you don't know for certain. Uh, you don't know at all for sure that you're getting DeAndre Williams back, and so uh, getting another body makes a lot of sense to me. And listen, Malcolm's been sitting there in that transfer portal for a while and had other options, including St. Louis. The writing's been on the wall uh, on this one for a while. And yeah, I think it's just a matter of time before we see a, you know, a Malcolm to Memphis graphic, probably. 
Man, I just don't understand how this can be viewed as anything other than a positive. Positive. A hundred percent, Jeff. For all, everything I just laid out, like you, you could, what, what is it? It's Jaden uh, in terms of faces that could be back from last year. Jaden and DeAndre, if you get them back. Yeah. Like you, you need as many people in there as possible at this point with so many new faces that can, you know, pull, pull uh, 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 Nick Jordan to the side and say, "Hey, man, th- this is uh, this is what we did last year. Here's how Penny likes it. Let me show you. You know, let me show you a couple of things. You need a couple. You could use a couple of those at this point. So it's 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 not just a a warm body. It's a guy we've seen dunk on Chet Holmgren in an NCAA tournament game. Like again, so much of what Malcolm hasn't done in Memphis has been based on his health. And so I, you know, I hope for him because clearly he wants to end this thing here. Clearly, he didn't want to go elsewhere because he had those options. I hope for him it ends on a positive note because Lord knows the last time we saw him, uh, it wasn't uh, him and Kendrick Davis going at it. And then you had the unraveling in the FAU game. Malcolm's a Memphis kid. I hope it ends on a positive note for him, and he can certainly help the University of Memphis basketball team this season. The other thing that I had mentioned, and I'm curious to know how you feel, like one thing that I really like about this roster, when you actually like lay it out on paper – you have depth at almost every position. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like you have at least two guys that you trust at virtually every position. And to me, I don't really know like when we've seen that with one of Penny's teams. Like at certain points, it was get as many good players as you can and figure it out. This team, to me, feels like structurally, it makes a lot more sense. Well, even last season, you take Kendrick Davis off the floor. Uh-oh, you know what Correct. happens? Is, a- is Alo going to be able to handle it? It certainly takes something away from you offensively in terms of that. Now the defense can back up uh, and make it, you know, uh, dare Alo to shoot. I mean, in terms of what you've got now at the position, we'll see with, with Jalen Young and what he could provide the UCF you know, guy in terms of backing up uh, Javon Quinley. But you could also put Caleb Mills on the ball. And, and here's the – you know, I keep pointing to this, and I, I think I've, I've, you know, so many are, are taking it for granted. At one point, at the end of the year and into the beginning of the off season, we thought that Mikey Williams, that this thing sort of uh, revolved around him. Again, that's back before you even even thought about, you know, possibly having DeAndre Williams back. But everybody that was out the door, you'd said, you know, well, Mikey Williams is key to this. And to your point, now he has feel, he he's he's made as I said it today, he's made Mikey expendable. Whether, whether that happens or not, it really doesn't matter to your success this season uh, in the, it, on the fly, essentially. In this offseason, he's done that, and not just put a guy in each spot, Jeffrey, um, but put some depth behind those guys. And so you've, you've totally restructured the roster on the fly. At one point, I think you had six, six or seven, I'm pretty sure it was six freshmen signed, you know, and, and, and that wasn't going to be good for you in a season where you're coming back you know, trying trying to build on what you did last year, six freshmen don't lend itself uh, to advancing to the second weekend of the tournament. So he's you know revamped the entire roster, made Mikey expendable, and back to your point, put one or two, in some cases, three guys, capable guys, at each position. And so you know between Jaquan Walton, David Jones, you know so many options you've got now on the wing, um, and well you know hopefully David Jones is the one. I know, and and I feel there's no reason to feel. Uh, I don't think uh, pessimistic about it at this point because he told Munz, he told Parth, you know, around this time he would be here. He's got to get the student visa. But he's in, he, so intriguing in terms of what he could be. Just so many options, so much depth, certainly more depth than last year. And uh, I go back to what, you know, Parth pointed out. You know, Bart Torvik, the analytics say that if they get DeAndre Williams, I mean, we're sitting up here talking about a top-ten team and not one based on potential 
uh, like we saw that at least ranked Memphis team to start the year with that number one recruiting class, you know, pitting second year. This is one that's backed by experience. Again, it's not, it's a top 10, at least according to them, if you get DeAndre. Um, but still, a, what was it, 32? You're still a tournament team without him? Yeah. So, I mean, this we, we could be talking, you know, I, I, I keep saying, you know, John has made the finally breaking through. And in the end, that's, that's the truth because you, you have to go back to Cal to get through that second week. But they were literally right there last year. The calls go another way. Uh, Kendrick and Malco maybe don't get into the issue. You don't get into the uh, – you don't give up the layup at the end. You're advancing with a chance to play fairly Dickinson advance that sweet. You were right there last year. And I, I make that point to say you're – there's a good chance, especially you get DeAndre Williams, you're going to be better. And so, yeah, a lot of it's based on – so much of it's based on, you know, Penny's ability to adjust, change a roster on the fly, and we've, uh, we've seen it all offseason. Was Mikey in town? Or Man, is- it, 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 I, there's too much scuttle uh, for it not to be Memphis at this point. It certainly looks like it's Memphis. Again, I don't know. We know he was here once, Jeffrey, for that, you know, this – I guess it was a girls' tournament at one point. He took the picture here. Um, could those have been – when he was here the first – that that would seem to make more sense. He because was again, here I, also during – wasn't he in that EYBL tournament? No, he wasn't He wasn't in it. But oh, he, he was, was just here, here. He was outside the – yes, he was just here outside the Memphis sports and – uh and recreation, Memphis Sports and Events Center, outside it, taking a picture. So he was in Memphis at one point, not in the EYBL thing, though, but just here in Memphis. And I, I guess there's a possibility. Again, I haven't seen the dates or whatever. Uh, I don't know that you can tell. There's not a timestamp on it. But maybe he took those shots when he was here earlier. To me, that would make more sense rather than a return trip unless, you know, they know something we don't. Again, he is not in the system. He is not enrolled. Most of that team is the Javon Quinterly's and everybody else. You know, most of those guys are. He is not. And, again, you're talking about, I mean, we keep saying it. That that next hearing is until, you know, September. First date of classes is August 28th. I just keep looking for that news out of California that there's been a deal or, or they're, you know, they've lowered the charges. But that does not uh, – it is not happening. And so, I, I, again, to me, it still feels unlikely. But um, I've seen, you know, folks that are more tied in than me at this point, uh, Leon Taylor including that, that are still saying – it's still a, a, a possibility. I don't go as far as to say strong one. And so, I, I get, like I said with John today, you can't close the door on it, but, but you don't need him at this point. And, and trying to force Mikey in to help with his development or, or, you know what I'm saying, like sort of with Imani Bates you did there, you want to help his draft stock. It feels like to me, you know, Penny is sort of, those days are beyond, be, but behind him now. Because at this point it's about, at least from what we've seen from the last two years, fitting the pieces together in the, in, in the right way, the, the way that's going to get you uh, the most success on the floor rather than trying to individually appease everybody. And so I go back to the point. What, you bring Mikey in here, and then, then, then you got to worry about appeasing him on a team that's got a bunch of older guys that are ready to go right now and uh, hopefully lead you in the NCAA tournament. And so if it's a deal where maybe Mikey understands, okay, I'll be there for a couple of years and Penny can mentor me, I guess I could see that. But it just, to me, it still feels so unlikely, particularly when you look at the way Penny has revamped this roster. They're an old team now. You bring Mikey Williams into it, and all of a sudden you've got a bunch more questions about where does he fit. So we'll see. There's no way that you can do that until you get the court case resolved, right? I don't think so, man. Not with felonies. But here'd be the the difference, Jeffrey. Is you don't need him anymore. It'd be a different thing. Oh, I, I, I'm. I, you know what I'm saying? I was. Yeah, a, I was the ringleader of like. Him. I would have moved yeah. on. Like I. I completely understand the way that Penny played this. 
Like, you know what I mean? Like, oh, you, you publicly what? don't. And you co- didn't break the trust. You Correct. Backed, you backed him. And so for uh, for all the futures or anything else, there's never that yes. story of Penny Turner. Exactly. He's play- I mean, the whole let it think, let, that will decide it for me has been the right play for him. Um, but, I, but, I, but I can't say I'm not with you on this point in terms of, you know, you could, you know, you could, you, you could cut him loose because I just don't know at this point if the risk is worth the reward. What reward is there at this point when you've totally restructured the roster and you don't need him starting or even playing a significant role? So that's why I just ask you, is it still worth it? Again, I don't know how close Penny is to that kid. To that, that recruitment happened awfully fast. Yeah. Um, so I can't sit up here and tell you they're, they're besties. But, uh, it, and I can understand Penny wanting to mentor him. But I, but I go back to I think Penny's at a point now where uh, you, cannot let one, you cannot let one guy hold your program back. And so, you know, whether it's, you know, fighting for James Wiseman, trying to throw Imani Bates in there with a bunch of upperclassmen, you, you don't do that at this point. Again, uh, you, you'd, be, you'd be running that risk if you brought Mikey in here at least thinking, oh, he might only be in here one year, so i got to throw him in there. Now, hopefully if, if Mikey comes, it's a deal where it's going to be uh, multiple years of Penny mentoring him and him, him fitting into the equation eventually. All right, last, last question for you. The Tigers announced that they've sold 11,000 000- football season tickets is that a problem it's a real problem um they were at 22 23,000 I think it was 22 um, 5 in 2017 if I recall so, correctly off the top of my head and they were at 9,000 in 2014 correct started, you that, know, that was according to Shad's story it was 9,000 in 2014 and that was the first like that was Fuente's breakthrough year and so you've essentially lost almost all of the momentum that you had. That's what I, when I look at that number, that's what I think about. It's being back almost to 9,000 when you're so happy about it because you're, you're growing. Like that, that's, that's to me what you run the risk of is, you know, everybody says, well, you know, you know uh, the, uh, John particularly talks to the ambassador and says, well, they're, they're happy with Sylvie right now. You know, he's graduating guys or whatever else. And, uh, it's so expensive uh, to fire him. It's funny. I heard the same thing with Tubby. He had a much more expensive contract. It's, now it's a, oh, how much do you have to pay the next guy? But my, my point of all that is if you continue, it, and again, I am hoping Ryan Silverfield has a 10-3 and three year. Uh, I, I, my gosh, with this schedule, 10, 10, 10, excuse me, what is it, 9-3, 10-2, and two, whatever it ends up being with the schedule, you should. But if he doesn't and you decide after a seven-win season or another six-win season that – He's the guy. How much more are you going to lose? You're going to go back to pre-Fuente days? Is that is that really okay at this point? Uh, my partner would probably tell you, yeah, because that's just what it's going to end up being with Memphis football. But I've still got a little bit more, uh, I, I suppose, hope and optimism uh, that they can get this thing back off the ground. And again, Jeffrey, I brought it up today. It's not it's not unlike the situation with Memphis Tubby and the chance to hire Penny, yeah. which is ultimately why you pulled the trigger. Justin Puente's sitting there without a job right now. And if you're telling me I can have mediocrity for another season next year if this indeed ends up being mediocre this year, or Justin Puente, a chance to go out and get him, a guy who was flirting with North Texas, which is in your league, and I realize he's got those ties, those home ties. But like I told John, this is home too. And so what's so different about a chance to strike and go out and get a guy that you've seen build it here, who it would be home for? In a lot of ways, you get some of the same pop because a hero returns home, the guy that you started this build with. But I, I say there, there should be pressure. Get it right or go home is pretty much my, where I'm at with Memphis football. I got accused today of dogging the program. No, I'm just 
kind of talking real, kind of fed up with the let's wait and see, let's produce or go home at this point or get off the pot. Jason, we, we appreciate it, buddy. Take care, brother. That is Jason Smith of the Jason and John Show. When we come back. We tell your story next right here on Giannotto and Jeffrey, 92.9 FM, ESPN. Celebrating a legacy of Memphis sports as the flagship home of the Memphis Grizzlies and Tigers talk. Always live on the free Odyssey and TuneIn apps. Smart speakers say play 92.9 ESPN. All 650 acquisition V, 30,000 miles, 20 cents excess mileage, Forte PE 659.993, MSRP 22540, Nero P5015237, MSRP 413390, EV6 P560 3393, MSRP 50200, includes all rebates in this month's finance through Hyundai, excludes tax on license with approved credit, CD for details, offer the scoop over there at Gossett Key of South Mount Moriah. Randy, we got deals everyone wants. How about 41 MPG Highway, 2023 Kia Forte LXS, $249 a month. $29.99 due at signing. Hey, Jeff, give me some EV scoop. 2023 Nero EV Win, 253 miles of EPA estimated range, $292 a month. And a 2023 Kia EV6 Win with up to 134 city, 101 highway MPGE. Only $425 a month, both $49.99 due at signing, all 36 and Kia's 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain limited warranty to boot. So whether you live in Horn Lake, South Haven, Olive Branch, or Memphis, you'll be happy, happy at Gossip Key on Mount Moriah. 2680 Mount Moriah or KiaMountMoriah.com. I'll tell you what, when folks come to my house, you know what they drink on? That would be Old Dominic Tennessee Whiskey. And it is made right here in the heart of downtown Memphis. Distilled, barreled, aged, bottled in Memphis. First time that's been the case since Prohibition. It is Memphis whiskey. It's unto its own. Maple, sugar, charcoal distilling. It's good every single time to drink on ice. You can have it neat. You can mix your favorite cocktail with it. But everyone in my house, when they join me, they love it. And on top of all that, go to olddominic.com to check out all of their other products, whether it's gin, vodka, or that Tennessee whiskey. But don't stop there. Head on downtown to that state-of-the-art distillery, and you can get a cocktail. You can check out a tour and tasting, and just have a good old time. Elevated, yet relaxed atmosphere. Sits at 305 South Front Street, Old Dominic Distillery. Come say hi. Your window into affordable luxury is Pella Windows and Doors of Memphis. At Pella, we offer quality replacement windows at any budget can't believe the price of my new windows. They were so affordable. If I knew I could afford windows and doors as gorgeous as these, I would have chosen Pella Windows and Doors in Memphis years ago. Right now, save 25% on your entire project or get 50% off installation. The highest quality, the greatest value. Choose Pella Windows and Doors of Memphis, your window into affordable life. Crime is out of control, and many people are asking what can they do to protect themselves. Well, you can start by saving money at the largest indoor gun range and academy in the Mid-South, Top Gun Memphis. We have the largest gun store of any range in the Mid-South, and we save the average shooter about $15 over any other range when you come out and shoot. Sign up for your permit to carry class at TopGunMemphis.com. Come to Top Gun Memphis, save money, and pick out the right firearm for you. TopGunMemphis.com You want the hottest summer deals in the Mid-South? We gossip at Gossett Kia on the Pike. 41 MPG Highway, we gossip in 2023 Kia Forte LXS. $249 a month, $29.99 to its signing. Get SUV action in 2023 Nero EV Wind. 253 miles of EPA estimated range. $292 a month, $49.99 to its signing. Or 2023 Kia EV6 Wind with up to 134 city, 101 highway MPGE. Only $425 a month. 
Bond, $49.99 to its signing all 36 month leases. Plus, Kia's 10 year, 100,000 mile powertrain limited warranty. Ask for Bobby J. He's ready to put you in a new Kia today. Gossip Kia 1900 coming to Pike or online. Kia coming to Pike.com. If you want it, we got it at Gossip Motorcars. All 650 acquisition V, 30,000 miles, 20 cents excess mileage, Forte PE 659993, MSRP 22540, Nero P5015237, MSRP 41390, EV6 P560-3393, MSRP 50,200, includes all rebates and incentives, must finance through Hyundai, excludes tax on license with approved credit, see for details, offer valid through 9523, stock only warranties, a limited powertrain warranty, see Kia.com or retailer for details. Life is full of ifs. If you see potential in every day, if you push for that promotion, and even bigger ifs like if you say, I do. If you can cash flow like a pro and get paid up to two days early, if you can safeguard against surprises and supercharge your savings, the if in life becomes less iffy. Regions Life Banking makes it possible. If you're interested, let's talk about the if in life. Regions Bank embrace the if in life. Regents Bank, member FDIC. You're all set with your new Navian water heater. I can't wait to take a shower without running out of hot water. I'm just going to love my Navian tankless water heater. I just want to say thank Oh, no need to say that, ma'am. You'll always love Navian's high efficiency that will save you money on gas bills compared to other water heaters. I love how I have more space with its wall-hanging design. Please let me say thank Nope. Sorry, miss. I know you appreciate it, but I can't let you say it. Why not? Because with Navian, it's a tankless job. How long you been waiting to use that? You'd be surprised. Find a Navian installer near you at tanklessmadesimple.com. Meet Bruce. Hey there. He's a busy soccer dad who's trying hard to learn the game. Go for the end zone. Whoops. Luckily, other things come easy, like banking with Chase. On a tip from his banker, he set up autosave in the Chase mobile app. So what are you saving for, Bruce? Father-daughter soccer camp. Smart bankers, convenient tools. One bank with the power of both. Visit chase.com slash checking. Chase, make more of what's yours. Autosave requires a Chase checking and savings account. Chase mobile app is available for select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. J.P. Morgan Chase Bank and a member FDIC. For today's Tell Your Story, we got to go to rapper Big Boogie, who said on a podcast earlier this week that he turned down a 15, 10, $5 million scholarship from a unnamed school in Jacksonville. Again, happy that it worked out for him, but the news would be a $5 million scholarship just in and of itself. So, shout-outs to Big Boogie. Don't tell this story. Tell your story. My thanks to Jason Smith and Air Castletine for joining the program. If you missed anything, you'll be up on the podcast shortly after the program ends. For Dennis, this is Jeffrey saying thanks for listening. Keep listening. The Gabe Coon Show is coming up next. WMFS FM and HD1 Bartlett. WMFS Memphis celebrating a legacy of sports as the flagship home of the Memphis Grizzlies and Tigers Talk. Always live on the Odyssey app and on smart speakers say play 92.9 ESPN. The Gossip Mitsubishi Summer Sales Event is still going strong at Gossip Mitsubishi on the pipe. Whatever vehicle needs you may be wishing for, we've got you covered at Gossip Mitsubishi. 41 MPG Highway that can turn on a dime. That's 2020. 2023 Mitsubishi Mirage G4, 17395 or 249 a month. 2024 Eclipse Cross combines luxurious styling with cutting-edge technology, generous cargo room, and versatility. 291 or 399 a month. And the powerful and fun to drive 2023 Mitsubishi Outlander, 29580 or 499 a month. And you'll always get peace of mind with Mitsubishi's 10-year 100,000 mile powertrain limited warranty. That's Gossip Mitsubishi, 1870 Covington Pike or shop 24/7 at Memphis Mitsubishi if you want it, we got it and got it motor cars. All 500 military rebate, G4PH0689. 
Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.